What's up, guys? This is the Live Loud Live podcast. My name is Dr. Antonio Delay, your host of the Live Loud Live podcast. This episode is brought to you, episode, uh, by Live Loud Chiropractic and Coaching. Uh, my wife and I own Live Loud Chiropractic and Coaching. We're here in Lafayette, Colorado. Uh, we love Colorado. We love the outdoors. Um, we love this business, this practice, this life we've created. We love helping you guys, um, the listeners, our followers, um, our patients, our clients, just live a loud life, feeling confident, feeling able, uh, feeling strong, feeling mobile. Uh, we want you to live long and we want you to live loud and we want you to not feel like you're restricted by anything. And and that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was how to keep doing the things you like to do in the face of injury. Okay, so these are move this is this is essentially movement modifications when you hurt. Now the tough part is is when you're when you're dealing with an injury, you know, we got to find the things that that you don't tolerate well, the things that hurt, right? And unfortunately, sometimes those things are the things that you enjoy doing the most. And that's when it gets hard, right? Runners want to run. Well, running hurts. All right, well, we got to really dive in and figure out how to do the thing that you like to do while not also making the injury or the pain worse. And, uh, you know, we're going to try to make broader examples, if you will, uh, to, try to, to try to help prove the point that there can be a lot that you need to do, but it's going to be this constant ebb and flow of trying to figure out what that is. And obviously so much of this is predicated upon what the injury is and what's actually going on, right? We, you know, we can't cover every single example, but that's obviously a super important point that you have to take in consideration and factor in. But for so many of us, it's all about just finding additional things that you can do that create a similar similar stimulus. So let's start off with just a running example. So runners are a different breed. They're a different breed, you know. They do their thing. They love running. Um, I recently got back into running, but I did too much too soon. And that can kind of be part of what we're talking about today. And I created some issues. Uh, I started running only three weeks after meniscus surgery, and the knee didn't hurt. And I don't know if there was some sort of subconscious favoring of that, but you know, it was middle of winter, there was ice, different factors. Uh, I actually gave myself uh, or developed some peroneal um, tendonitis. The peroneals are, uh, if you think of your shin bone, right, the lateral, the outside part of your leg, they basically run from kind of like where your knee is down to the outside of your ankle and the tendons kind of loop down underneath. And they're, they're responsible for lateral stabilization, a lot of just kind of side to side ankle control because of the icy conditions and other things, I basically overworked those. They got super inflamed, a lot of swelling actually in my ankle. And uh, so much to the point where just walking would hurt. It was crazy. And, um, you know, while I wanted to keep running, it just, every time I did, it would just make it worse and worse. And I was just sliding down the hill. So I had to do things that I didn't want to do. There was not really a way I could modify running. I tried changing my, my pace, my gait pattern, all these things to try to help. Didn't matter. So i wanted to keep cardio, steady state cardio into the program for the challenge that I was doing. So I had to, I had to switch that. And I started doing rucks, 
So I had a backpack full of weight, I had a weight vest, um, and then some rowing. So it was a way for me to maintain what I was trying to accomplish, which was just more cardio output in a different way. Now, some injuries when running, you can kind of work through it. You might have to just start looking at changing you know, distance and different things like that, controlling the environment, not running on the snow could be helpful, so on and so forth. So, you know, you have to consider that. Now, when things get a little bit more, I guess, somewhat complicated, let's say, for instance, someone's doing, uh, because most of us are doing some sort of, uh, most of us, a lot of us are doing a lot of some, some form of resistance training, whether that's a boot camp or in theory, F45, CrossFit, your own lifting, whatever that is, because we know the benefit of resistance training and building muscle. That's when things get a little bit harder because when you're in a group setting, right, there's usually only a certain amount of exercises that are written on the board or instructed for you to do. Now, if you have a, if you have good coaches and trainers, they'll be able to help you with that. But even then, you know, they kind of just, for the majority of what I see, it's just kind of like, oh, just don't do that. And then you end up doing something completely different. It's good to still keep the same stimulus. We can still do a very similar similar movement to elicit the same stimulus or body part that we want to work without completely throwing it away as a wash. So let's take, for instance... And this is essentially the conversation that we have for our patients and clients that are recovering to allow them to feel like they can still go work out. Because more often than not, when we hear, what makes your pain worse? Well, when I work out or activity, all right, well, the majority of people are just like, well, just don't do that, right? Now, as we say with the running, there's ways where I can kind of modify it, but for other things, it was like, well, I mean, it's only these movements in this, so I feel like I could still go work out. I just don't know if I'm going to make it worse if I'm doing these other things, right? And that's the conversation that we have. It's just like, I want you to stay active. I want you to do as much as you physically can without provoking and making things worse, and that in turn will allow your body to stay mobile, active, maintain strength. Right. And there's even studies that show by like, let's say, for instance, I had surgery. I had surgery in my right leg. If I continue to work on my left leg, my right side is not going to atrophy as fast. And I'll actually maintain a lot of muscle mass just through neurological pathways as well. And just, you know, that's that's kind of a side, uh, <laughs> much deeper conversation. But if you have an injury and you have pain, there's so much that you can still do, and that's what we want to help you with. Obviously, while we're addressing the issue, letting it rest, working on soft tissue adjustments, whatever that is, rehab, hey, you need to, you need to be moving. You cannot just sit and expect this to, to magically go away. Pain diminishes when you rest, yes, but it doesn't fix the thing. So why not keep the needle moving forward while we're addressing the issue? So let's say, for instance, someone has pain uh, pressing weight overhead. Okay. Well, that's obviously a very shoulder dominant exercise, depending on the movement, it might be a full compound movement. So we need to take in consideration some sort of a pressing or pushing motion. Now we can get a similar effect by doing a horizontal push. So rather than pushing straight up overhead, I might be doing a push up or bench press because I'm not in an overhead position, which could be potentially pinching at the top if someone had like an impingement type of issue. So that allows me to still work my shoulders and my upper body and it doesn't piss it off. Fantastic. Check. That's something we can do. Another thing is oftentimes just changing the angle. So in a press, 
uh, it's it's a vertical press. If I was to do something like a landmine press where I have a barbell, I'm pressing more at a 45 degree angle, maybe even 60 or above, depending on the angle and where I'm at. So now it allows me to approach vertical as a building block while I'm recovering or, or dealing with the pain and the issue that allows me to still work the, the exact same muscles and areas that I would be with a vertical press without pissing it off. So that's that's the dialogue and the narrative I try to I try to <clears throat> help people with because I I can't be in the class with you I can't be there to give you a suggestion and a modification every single time that's what personal training for and coaches are for but as you start to understand the movement patterns and what's hurting in in your own in your own pain patterns then that gives you a lot of power to figure out how to modify and adapt on the day to day so when things aren't going as planned right. We have a vertical press. Okay, well, I'm using my obviously my upper body to do that. How else could I do that? Case in point, right? Squats, right? Let's say, for instance, someone's having pain or issues with a bilateral squat, both feet on the ground. Well, it's it's a it's a squat pattern. Lunging is is a single leg kind of squat pattern. So I can work the glutes and the quads and everything that I want to um, with a lunging pattern. And oftentimes that can be less offensive to lower backs and hips, so on and so forth. So that could be a valid option. Sometimes it's changing the weight of the position. So for instance, if someone's doing a back squat and they're having either lower back pain, neck pain, or something like that, we might simply just say, hey, what if we brought the weight to the front and you do a front squat or a goblet squat? So it's still a squat, but we just did it in a way that's not offensive to the pain or injury or whatever you're dealing with. And it allows you to still main, uh, still be a part of class, be a part of the community, still work on your strength, and at the same time, maybe repattern some of the things that we're trying to deal with anyways that might be a cause to what's actually going on. So there's a lot of different ways to go through this. Now, we don't have time to unpack every single movement and every single modification, but when we look at, when we're talking about resistance training, strength training, you know, something of that nature, when you break it down, there's really only a few movement patterns. Push, pull, hinge, squats, loaded carries. Some will differentiate lunges as, as their own, um, but that's kind of that's kind of what it is. And yes, for pushing, you have horizontal or vertical, so on and so forth. But but the but the whole point is you're pushing. You're pushing yourself away from something, or you're pushing something away from you. The same goes true for pulling. I'm either pulling myself to something, a pull-up or TRX row, or I'm pulling something towards me, dumbbell row, etc. So when, excuse me. <clears throat> so when you have that basic framework and understanding. And you know other movements that revolve around that same area. It's like, okay, I know what to do. I can add this because I know this is a row and this is also a row and this doesn't hurt me or it doesn't make my pain issue. It doesn't make my pain worse. Or, um, you know, I feel like if we're trying to create a feeling as far as uh, integrating the core or, you know, different body parts together, if that enhances the feeling or the outcome that we're trying to do, then that might be the better thing for you to do, right? That equips you with so much more possibilities and really helps you because again, while we pay for classes and depend on coaches and certain things like that, we got to take responsibility for our own body and you live in your body. So you know all of the little subtle angles and all the little subtleties 
of of what kind of is working and not working for you to be able to provide you with the best information possible to make good educated changes, modifications, so on and so forth. So it's not it's not crazy complex or hard. It does take obviously a little bit of brain power. Um, but the more you do it, the better you're going to start to understand and, and make those changes. And that's what's, and that's, what's super powerful, especially when you're again, coming back to when you're dealing with injuries and you feel like you're unsure, you do lack confidence, you don't want to make things worse. Um, but you definitely know that, that you want to keep moving and doing stuff. You need someone that you, you need to be able to understand those so that you can make modifications. And if you're not quite there yet, that's where you get help. Ask your coaches, ask your trainer, uh, ask your chiropractor, ask your physio, um, you know, whatever that might be. It's just like, hey, I want to do this. I want to stay active, but I'm dealing with this thing. How how can I how can I change this? So what what we try to do with with our online clients, uh, patients, virtual consults with people in the office is based on the injury pattern, based on the intolerances that they consistently describe as the things that bother them. We come up with, you know, a couple of different lists of movements or things that would be either like a yes, no, or a maybe, right? So in the case of flexion, low, flexion intolerant lower back pain, which is by far the most common that we see and kind of most common across society, is there are certain movements in the gym that, you know, have a very skewed risk to reward uh, uh, ratio, right? So for instance, um, for those that are pretty acute, burpees or devil presses and you know different things like that, they tend to have a high risk, low reward. So it's like, hey, I'm gonna put this in this no category based on the symptoms that you're expressing, based on how acute things are and based on how you feel. I do not feel that this is gonna provide you any sort of benefit where you are right now. Okay. Whereas, you know, if we break that down, let's just go on the burpee category. Burpee is work. It's work. That's all it is. There's a little bit of strength involved, but it's work. You get your body on the ground, you get back up and you add a little bit of jump. So to me, that's more of a metabolic conditioning cardio-esque type of piece. So you could just simply sub that with something else that doesn't even have to resemble burpees. You could do burpees from an incline position if if it's more about depth, right? Um, uh, but you could just sub in something else that feels good that's going to get your heart rate up, right? A yes would be, well, if you have lower back pain, yeah, deadlifts and squats, depending on how you do it, because we've talked about those different modifications. And if those prove to be good, yes, I want you doing those, any and all forms of those. Or I would break that down. Hey, I don't want you doing barbell deadlifts right now because the barbell going around the knees is making it more challenging for you. You're unable to maintain the positioning and that in turn is causing more pain. So I want you doing sumo deadlifts. So sumo deadlifts is in the yes category. Currently, barbell deadlifts is in the no category. And then the maybe might be dumbbell like RDLs where you're not going all the way to the ground. It just really depends if you're able to maintain the shape and the positioning, right? So there's a breakdown. If this comes up, you know what to do and you can, and and I can essentially help navigate and, and, and provide you kind of context and direction. So it's good to have someone go that through that. And it's not to say that the no category is never going to happen. It's just, we're saying right now, based on your symptom, your symptoms and how everything's working, it's a no right now. And as you start going through, what's what's funny is as we do this with people, they really start seeing like a lot of, you know, there's a lot of just random movements out there. And we're not picking on anything here. There's just a lot of random movements out there where you're just like, you know, you, you could do it, but I don't I don't see that much reward. 
outside of just feeling like you're doing something. So, you know, a lot of people are just like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm fine living my life without doing that movement again. It doesn't, you know, in the past it's been problematic. You know, you, we could make it a goal to figure out what's going on and try to really figure it out. But how much time and effort are you going to waste just trying to figure out how to do one particular movement that your body doesn't seem to jive well with when you could just scrap it. Now, if it's something that you need to do because of competition or anything else, that's a different story. That's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about for GPP, general prepared preparation, general prepared fitness type of things. There are some things where just some people's body types, previous injuries, whatever it is, we just say, Hey, this might not be your thing. This might not be your thing. So when it comes up, just do this. It provides you the same stimulus. You don't have to worry about injuring yourself and you're still getting a great workout and being part of the community getting stronger. So there, you know, there's multiple roads that lead to Rome. Don't just assume that because someone said you need to do something and do it one way, that that's going to be best for you. And if you're having trouble with it, help break down, help have them or help or have someone help you break down. Like, Hey, what are we actually trying to accomplish with something like this? It seems like it's coming up a lot in our classes. Is there a way that we can do this more efficiently, better? Or is there something that we can just substitute it with and modify it with so that I can do a very similar thing and get to, get a similar result? So don't let injuries hang you up. Don't let them slow you down right? There are ways to get around. There are ways to do the same or similar thing without pain. You just need sometimes someone to help you out and kind of unlock some of those opportunities. And, and it's it's funny because most of us know what those are. But when I show people these and talk to them about them, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, why wouldn't I just do it that way? But when you're, when you're in, when you're in pain, and things start to narrow because we're so unsure and we lack confidence and kind of ability, we get kind of narrow, narrow-minded and short-sighted about the possibilities of what you can actually do. So keep that open mind. If you're unsure, get help. If you don't know where to go, we're happy to help. We do virtual consults. We do consults here, obviously in person too. Um, but you know, sometimes you just need that coach's eye, even if it's virtual, saying like, hey, the way that this is happening, that's the reason why. And that might be what's causing you trouble, or you could just do this instead. So keep the needle moving forward, even through injury, you can keep the new needle moving forward and find different ways to do things. Uh, I hope this was beneficial. Again, this is a conversation that we have nearly on a daily basis because when you're dealing with pain and injuries, you don't want to make things worse. You want to keep moving. You want to keep doing things, but you're just unsure about where to start or where to go. So uh, use this. Uh, pass this along to someone who's feel like they're kind of stuck in that loop or they want to come back to the gym, but they're just feeling sure about what to do or how they'd be, you know, participating, even though they're dealing with pain. I still think there's an opportunity for them to be there and be a part of it and to get at it. So thanks for tuning in, guys. This is the Live Loud Live podcast. Uh, please like, share, subscribe, do all the fun things. Comment. We like hearing comments and different topic ideas if you want those broken down and dissected. Uh, until next time, live loud.